Thanks for tuning into the Project Login Podcast. The Project Login Podcast features Mainers working in technology jobs across the state. It is meant to be a career exploration tool and follows an informational interview format. Folks from across Maine are featured from CIOs to software developers to business analysts and more. The goals are to expose our listeners to various technology jobs at Maine companies by people who do the work and raise awareness of education and training pathways into those careers and to raise aspirations of young Mainers to pursue these high-wage, in-demand tech careers. Today's guest on the podcast is Shanna Utgard. Hi, Shanna. Hello. Where do you work? I work at Defendify. We are a Portland-based cybersecurity company that aims to make cybersecurity possible for all businesses. What is your role there? I'm one of the success managers, so I work with our partner channel, which consists mainly of managed service providers, but also, you know, some cybersecurity consultants, systems integrators, insurance companies, you name it. And we work together to deploy our tools to protect their clients and themselves. So I help with sales and marketing efforts. I also manage our relationships with some industry organizations. I conduct onboardings for end users companies. We wear many hats around here. How did you get to where you are? That's like a really cool job. So I imagine there's a trajectory or career path. This is one of my favorite stories because it's definitely not what you think. And and I don't come from a background in any type of tech. I actually have had a lot of different past lives, as I call them, everything from manual labor jobs to managing call centers. And then I worked as a real estate paralegal, and I very narrowly avoided sending millions of dollars to a cyber attacker during a real estate closing. It is a feeling of complete panic that I will never forget. And then a few weeks later, I saw the co-founder of my company, Rob Simopoulos, give a cybersecurity awareness presentation at a legal seminar, which is a fun time. (laughs) And I just had one of those moments where I was like, whatever this company is doing, I need to be a part of this so that nobody ever feels like I did. And then we left and our normal tradition was to go to the seminar. We would go out to eat at Panera for lunch after all the, the ladies that I worked with at the law office. And they were all like, oh my gosh, that cyber guy was really good. I learned so much from him. And I was just like, I knew that I needed to hunt him down and, and make him hire me. And I had a goal to be delivering that presentation that I saw. And here I am. Did you have to go to college or get any post-secondary training for this role? I did go to college. I went to the George Washington University in in Washington, D.C. I changed my major way too many times to count, and then I ended up back in Maine, and none of the majors that I went to school for, I actually am using right now, well, a little bit of psychology, but I'm sure some college or post-secondary training would help, but I always joke that instead I jumped into the real world and got a BA and BS instead. Do you have any special uh, cybersecurity certifications or credentials? I know those exist. I do not have any special cybersecurity certifications or credentials. I do have a few channel management certifications from some companies that, you know, do the technical credentials. But I am starting a prep course for the CISSP certification through Cybrary. 
So looking to add some some technical certifications, but I'm not really sure where I want to move next. What does a typical day or week look like for you? Uh, different. <laughs> no two weeks or even two days or half a days are, are the same, which is actually one of the things that I love the most about being in this industry. It never feels like Groundhog Day and just you know, constant rinse and repeats, wake up, do the same thing, go to bed. I actually have to color code my calendar meetings so I know which type of call I'm heading into. And I'd say that one of the most important skills that I am developing in this job is the ability to shift gears very quickly. So I'm constantly triaging different types of requests and problems and my to-do items and trying to maintain that composure and focus through all of that gear shifting. And sometimes it kind of reminds me of that this is fine dog on fire meme. (laughs) What do you like best about your job? I'd say that I really enjoy building the relationships with my partners. There are several awesome and nerdy inside jokes that we have that just carry on and on and on. And and that's one of the really enjoyable parts about it. Also, I love to know that I'm having a direct impact on increasing cyber awareness. I do a lot of webinars you know, events, virtual or live, when I can, I share a lot on social media. I, I'm the friend that wears the tinfoil hat and is out constantly preaching about, you know, uh, SMS text messages. And no, the pandemic does not mean you get a free year of Netflix. And if you weren't, you know, if you didn't think that you ordered a package, that FedEx tracking notification message that you got is not real. Go to the actual FedEx website. But the flip side of that is that I get customers and friends and just people that I engage with that are bringing these cybersecurity issues and things that they've identified to me and saying, hey, I noticed this. And when I looked it up, it was a phishing scam or I'll be talking to one of our existing customers. I called into a a company the other day and I said, oh, this is Shanna calling from Defendify. And the woman who answered the phone said, oh, Defendify, I know you guys. You guys send us those awesome videos. So I love that because, again, one of my most important things is I never want somebody to feel that panic and that fear of knowing that they just lost hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to a cyber attacker or their whole screen gets locked up with a, a ransomware demand and they're just dead in the water and have no idea what to do next because I've been there and it's not fun and it's scary. And if I can help anybody avoid being in that situation, it's just one of those things that completely fills my heart and gives me purpose and joy. You kind of alluded to this a little bit, but like what kind of problems do you deal with? A lot of problems. So to give you an example, just this week, we helped a healthcare company navigate an active exploit of the exchange vulnerability. Another company that had a ransomware attack where they were down for a month and and could not do any of their operations. A manufacturing company that was unable to receive a very large contract award until they met some compliance initiatives. So it's a lot of different types of of problems that we deal with. But I think that one of the hardest problems that we deal with is smaller organizations that we're focusing on because a lot of technology solutions out there exist for the enterprise. But small businesses are much larger targets than they actually think, but they tend to be more reactive and not as proactive about cybersecurity. But it makes sense. You know, they have this 
false sense of security. They probably don't think that they're targets or that they have any information that the bad guys want. We hear a lot in the media about these, you know, very large companies that have these cyber attacks. It's very public. I think it desensitizes the smaller guys a little bit. And when I say small, I mean 500 employees or less, the, the SBA definition. They think that their, their current antivirus and firewalls are enough and it gives them enough protection. They might not understand the potential financial impact of a breach, and they just don't think that it's something that's going to happen to them. We're not going around in our you know, business networking groups or on LinkedIn and sharing, oh my gosh, you know, we had a, an employee click on a, a malicious link today in an email. We're not sharing that type of information. There's kind of a bit of a, a stigma to a cyber attack. So people don't understand that there are companies in your lives, there are friends of yours that are business owners. It, this is something that people are experiencing on a regular, ongoing, daily basis. So everybody always thinks that it's something that is going to happen to the other guy, but I know what it's like to be that other guy. <laughs> what kind of decisions do you make or decisions do you help your clients make? A lot. I, I help guide our partners in deciding what types of technology solutions that they should include in their cybersecurity stack, help end user organizations decide what their risk level is and what is an acceptable risk level and how to get there for a reasonable investment. And then internally, because Defendify is a smaller company, one of the things I love is that we get to be involved in many of the day-to-day -day and, and operational discussions. So when we identify challenges, our leadership team is amazing. They help us to discuss the problem, come up with some solutions that work for us, that work for our partners, that work for the Defendify users. So we get to be very agile and, and change directions and move very quickly and also have a lot of autonomy in, in that decision-making, which is really awesome and refreshing. What's something that challenges you? And this can be on the job or personally. A couple things come to mind for challenges. The first one I would definitely say is keeping up with all the different ways that the bad actors are constantly shifting and changing their tactics. It's both fascinating and terrifying to follow closely. So they're, they're always looking at, you know, the technology and the way that it works and the way that they can bypass it. There are certain websites and systems that they can go to that further their cause. They can actually test out their malware and see if antivirus programs are going to pick it up. It's a massive game of cat and mouse, which to me is, it's very mentally engaging just to watch the way that they're changing these directions, but also it's, it's kind of dizzying. So it's a challenge to constantly stay up to date. It's a challenge to convey that to people that security is not something that you do once, like a, a project, you turn on the magic technology machine and then you're protected and you walk away. It's an ongoing program. It's an ongoing posture that everyone in your organization has to take. And it requires continuously assessing where you're at, you know, what the risks are. Do you have enough solutions in place to adequately protect? you? How much risk are you willing to go through to, you know, to minimize those risks? Uh, so that's definitely uh, one challenge. And personally, I, one of my challenges is understanding that I can't help every 
smaller organization and business owner and you know leadership team and board understand their cyber risks. I have a hard time sometimes accepting that people might have to go through what myself and, and other Defendify customers went through and have to learn the hard way before they realize that it's a worthwhile investment for cybersecurity tools. And I just, I don't like having been there and felt that. Uh, I just wish sometimes that I could convey that risk and how bad the impact is without them having to actually feel it themselves. What advice do you have for a young person looking to get into the IT or computing fields? If this is a industry that interests you at all, jump into it. When I was younger, I was told by somebody that I wanted to be in engineering. I have a very, you know, science and math like oriented mind. I was the type of kid that would take apart the VCR and put it back together. And I wanted to, to get into engineering. And I was told that I should stay away from male dominated fields. So instead I got into sales and legal and IT instead. So if this is something that interests you, jump into it. Don't listen to anything that anybody else tells you. And also where you start may not be where you end up. There are so many different types of career paths. There are so many different opportunities to grow, expand, learn new skills, pivot, grow on, on what you've already learned. I know people who started off coding, but then, you know, after they learned how to build a web application, then they moved into web application penetration testing. So, you know, seeing what types of vulnerabilities might exist in something that somebody else built. There are others that I know that began as network engineers, and then they moved into penetration testing, and then went on to hold like a, a security analyst position. So they went from red team to blue team, so to speak. So you might, you know, if you're, if you're taking courses, you might find there's one aspect of, you know, IT or security that you're like, I just cannot do this every single day. I would not make it. That's okay. You know, finish your class, move on to another thing. You will find something that ignites that fire that you enjoy, that you want to do. And you might even do that for a few years and then take on a new challenge, learn some new skills. The great thing is that this industry changes every single day the job security in it, these bad actors are not going to stop. What they're doing is successful. It works. It's paying off. They're just going to continue to find new tactics. And, you know, it's a, a great stable industry that's not going anywhere. So you'll find what you love. What's your company culture like at Defendify? It is one of my favorite things about working here. Obviously, like, you know, any good technology startup. Our, our physical office has the ping pong table and the craft beer fridge and the video games and the snacks and, you know, all the things you would expect from an awesome startup, you know, our company outings and our events. And obviously that's pre-pandemic stuff. But beyond that, as far as our culture, our leadership team is amazingly transparent. We use a, the entrepreneurial operating system, EOS, if anybody is familiar with that. And it just, it provides fantastic structure, clear goals, efficient meetings and, and predictable cadences of those meetings. So all the, all the qualms that I had with other companies that I worked for, the, the 
the EOS system really makes a lot of that go away. And we always know exactly where the, the company stands and we have, you know, monthly meetings and it's just, it's really awesome. And even being distributed over the last year, you know, we're, they care about our health and safety. So our crew has also really worked hard to maintain that fun and friendly vibe and have these types of events, even though we can't meet up physically, we still have, you know, little virtual happy hours and company events and, you know, fun things that, that we do to stay connected even when we're spread out. Are there internships or job shadows or other opportunities for students? Before the pandemic, we actually had quite a few students come through who were interested in different types of IT roles and they would come in and job shadow and spend, you know, half a day or a full day in the Defendify office and sit with each person and learn a little bit about their role. And maybe if they wanted to get into coding, they would sit with some of our lead developers and really learn like what their day to day looks like and get a good feeling for what the job requires. We are almost always looking for interns. You can check out if we have any open positions on our website, defendify.io slash careers. We have ongoing job postings, but there's also, I believe, an email address that you can send in your, your resume or just never hurts to ask, as I've learned in sales, nothing beats a, a defeat but a try. So we're, we're always looking for opportunities to give someone a, a shot or help them learn more about this industry. We can share the careers page that you mentioned on the show notes of the podcast so folks can follow up and find more information. Tell me, what's your favorite place in Maine? I love Maine, even though I have tried to move away several times over the course of my life, I always end up back here. I think there's something fantastic where I live. I'm, I'm about, you know, I can get to the mountains in an hour. I can get to the beach in seven minutes. I grew up around the, the Wells area. I lived, you know, down off Wells Beach for a majority of my really young adult life. So I love the Wells Jetty. I love to walk out to the end of it and just kind of sit there and be in my own head and listen to the sound of the waves crashing on the rocks and kind of helps clear my head of all the daily stresses. I love going up to Portland and the food and the entertainment scene up there. Can't wait for Arcadia to open back up. But I would have to say that my favorite place in Maine is probably up in the Penobscot Bay area, Blue Hill, Bucksport, specifically Deer Isle. My family used to rent a house up there every summer and we'd go up there and stay there for a week. So got a lot of really amazing memories from up in that area. Obviously haven't been there in the last year, but hopefully we'll, we'll get back up there pretty soon. Thanks so much for being a guest on the podcast. I had a lot of fun talking to you and learning about your role. Thank you for having me. 